Shohei Otani looked more human than unicorn last night, and John and I are going to break down his last start. Plus, what's next for the Halos after the trade deadline? And we're going to talk about the legend of Vin Scully, and our Angels announcers are really good, but we're going to ask the question, is any of them entering into that legendary status? You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can share the pod with your friends by hitting the share button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube and post it to your personal social media page. This will help others find Locked On Angels. Hey, we really appreciate you joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros, here with you. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Mike, we uh, are in that phase of Angel fandom where they, you know, the beginning of the season, they give you hope, then somebody gets hurt, then they let you down, and now we're kind of in that letdown phase where we say, hey, let's look to the future, and that's kind of what we have to be doing these days. Uh, The Angels took on the A's, their AL West rivals, and they're both competing for the bottom of the barrel at this point. But they took on the A's. They did drop this second game to them 3-1, to one, and that was after a Shohei Otani start. What did you think about his start on the mound? You know, he, he didn't look like the incredible Shohei Otani, but I think that we're spoiled, right? We're yes, spoiled by completely. Shohei Otani because it wasn't a bad start at all. Five and two-thirds, seven hits, three runs, seven Ks. He threw 99 pitches and Tim Salmon said something in the post game that I thought was really really good he said when you're throwing sliders and when you're throwing curveballs it's hard to then come back and throw a fastball and locate it well in the zone Hmm. and Garrett Anderson said yeah he remembers like Jared Washburn telling him that that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to pitch especially in games when the team is really really good and he said Shohei was really pitching well with the slider and the curveball, but then coming back with a fastball and then giving up the home run. It's just one of those moments where (laughs) you look at these numbers and you're like, we'll take that all day. Absolutely. But however, the the offense just didn't really come through for Shohei. He's... 9-7 Nine and seven overall with a two eight three ERA. This is his third straight loss after winning six uh, six straight games. Easy yeah. for me to say six straight <laughs> games in a row. And one note, Johnny Kurt Suzuki pinch hit for him in the seventh inning, and I think yes. everybody's collective hearts dropped out of their chest when that happened because we were concerned that maybe there's something wrong with Shohei. But Phil Nevin said Otani had a mild cramp in his forearm and will DH today in today's game. Isn't considered serious. And then I love this quote. Erica Weston tweeted this out. She said that Shohei feels like he can't afford to take some time off right now. He has to keep (laughs) playing for the team and for the fans. And can we just say, what a guy. What a guy, guy, Shohei You you can take off all the time that you need, pal, because... Right now, they're not playing for anything, and so you can rest up and rest easy. Mike, I mentioned it in our Locked On Now that I hate these words in a sentence together as an Angel fan. Forearm, cramp, Angels, pitcher. Those four (laughs) words I never want to hear because you know that we've had a history of pitching injuries and the and and lots of guys have had to have Tommy John surgery. We know that Shohei's already had it. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, a forearm cramp does not make me comfortable. I know they said it wasn't serious, 
But good grief, give the man some time off. I know that he wants to play in today's game, the day game that's happening. But if, if he needs some time off, I think that, that there's no reason to push him. There's no reason to stress him out at this point of the season. Yeah, I, I think he's earned it, right? And yeah. it might be one of those opportunities for somebody just to step in. It was interesting to watch. I think kind of fun to watch some of the new guys that the Angels brought in. Yeah. Sierra got the start and Moniac, Moniac was in center field. <laughs> You're the singer, I'm not. But, uh, that was he, good. Thank you. He was in center field and so it was kind of neat to see some of these new players coming in and Angel fans, that's what we're going to have to get used to for the rest of the season. We're yeah. going to see these guys in the game trying to figure some things out. I do find it interesting, John, that Marsh was traded Mm -hmm. And Adele was kept, and Mm -hmm. maybe because Marsh's trade value was greater than Adele's. But I find it interesting that Adele wasn't in the starting lineup tonight. Hmm. Sierra was in there, Moniac was in there, Ward was in there. And maybe it was just a one-night thing. But it still still feels like there is about 75% hope that's placed in Joe. And then there's about 25% where the leadership's like, I just just don't know right and yeah I feel like I feel like Joe needs all the reps and he needs all the time and he needs all the at-bats and I think this is the right time to do that do you agree you went all in on Joe Adele when you sent Brandon Marsh to the Phillies so there's no reason he shouldn't be in there every day especially with this Angels team who's sitting well below 500 and and he needs to get the reps he needs to be in left field and makes bonehead plays out there because <laughs> that's part of the game and he's got to get those out of his system yeah. and get better at the corner outfield. Now, we've always said that he's a much better right fielder, but that's Taylor Ward's spot for the time being. So yeah. if he's going to play left field, he's going to have to learn how to play left field well and he can't learn if he's not out there every single day. He's played center field in the minors. I think that's also an option if you want to give him some reps out there. But at this point, it's just a wash of a season. There's no reason not to have him in there every single day. And like I said, when you when you sent Brandon Marsh to the Phillies, you put all your chips on Joe Adele at this point because that is the, the, the most clear statement that you could make is that you're all in on Joe Adele. And again, he's young. He's still got a lot of time and experience that he has ahead of him. He hasn't played a full season's worth of games yet, uh, but I think that this could be his opportunity to do so. And he's got a very high ceiling. If he can figure it out and put it all together, we're going to be impressed with Joe Adele down the road. But again, if if he's not in there every single day, and like you said, maybe it's just a, a normal day off, but man, leadership. All the management needs to get him as much time as possible in the field. I just want to see him get some at-bats because I think that if we can get his bat hot, then I think games like we had last night are games that we're not going to have to experience moving forward because Mm -hmm. a, a hot Joe Adele bat means that we're scoring a couple of runs a game. And the guy is just energy when he's on the base base path. And yeah. he's somebody he's that can can stir up uh, an offense, right? And so I think you I think you plop him in at cleanup. I think you plop him in at number five and just and say, Joe, Try figure it out. it out. Because <laughs> they said that to Moniac, right? Mickey Moniac was the number one draft pick for the Phillies and then he really hasn't panned out and he said, I, I gotta get used to where I'm at and so maybe we'll see him warm up. But they they already said like you're going to play, bro. You're going to play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why haven't they said that to Joe? And, and maybe it's maybe they know something we don't know. I know a lot of fans have been frustrated with Joe, but I feel like when you're at the position that you're at, 
Like it doesn't matter anymore. You no. want him to get reps. You don't want him to get spring training reps. He doesn't need to pitch against <laughs> Mike Frisch in spring training or bat against Mike Frisch, in, right? Because he's going to hit home runs off of me. But in, in in a major league game during the regular season, that's when you need Joe to prove himself. And I think now's the time. And I would love to see him in there at least five out of the seven games a week, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And against a great pitcher like James Caprillion, who's had our number for years in his career. I said that he's got a Caprillion great innings against the Halos in his time <laughs> pitching against us because that's what it that's feels good. like. But uh, you think you think Brandon Marsh is happy he's with the Phillies after a game like this? <laughs> I think I think Marsh is not looking back at all. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Well, listen, coming up on Locked On Angels, we're going to ask the question, so what now? I mean, we're after the trade deadline. It's passed. We traded away some players. And so John and I will tell you what we can look forward to, who we can keep an eye on, and what the Angels should do next. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by BlueNile.com. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece at all prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available by phone or by chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget so they're always there for you. They have simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, the diamond size, and the diamond clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's Bench Jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring and making each ring one of a kind. If it's not perfect, no problem. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee that you can't get anywhere else but Blue Nile. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on right now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, it ships free, and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away the surprise of what's inside. So, you can shop stress-free, find your forever peace, just go to BlueNile.com today. All right, here's the question. So what do we do now? After the trade deadline, what's next for our Halos? Couple of notes. The Angels freed up about $58 million by trading Rysel Iglesias over the next that all? three years. Oh, is that all? <laughs> That's the contract that John and I are negotiating right now with Locked On. And Correct. then, of course, Upton is off the books. His $29 million isn't going to be there. And so there's going to be money. And so, Johnny, what do the Angels need to do next man it's a it's a big question i can't get over the fact that justin upton is not playing currently and making 29 million dollars this season right and i know people have criticized him but at the time that we signed him to the uh to the extension that we did we needed a left fielder we traded for him yep and it made sense and and it was just uh, maybe a few years too long yeah to be honest but that's kind of the that's kind of what you get when you want to keep a player around. They want that guaranteed uh, time on their contract. Mike, when it comes to what the Angels should do next, I think if you look back at the outfield, you have to run it back with this with these guys. I think that, like we were saying, Adele needs to be out there 
every single day to get reps. And then I think Mike Trout and Taylor Ward also keep their spots. And perhaps, perhaps we see Mike Trout move to left field and we see Joe Adele in center field because he certainly has the speed to do it, but it's the routes that are concerning. Uh, But we've seen improvements with Mike Trout in his long career. When he was younger, he didn't always make the best routes to the ball. So that's correctable. That's fixable. Now, when it comes to Taylor Ward, I feel bad for the guy. I watched him in the game last night and he just is so afraid of running into the wall again. Yeah, And I know that that has not helped his approach at the plate either. He just has not been the same guy since he ran into the wall. I don't know if he's still hurt, still feeling that nerve damage that's been going on. But as far as the outfield goes, I think that you have a pretty solid outfield with Adele, Trout, and Ward. You and I talked today about possibly maybe signing somebody like Andrew Benatendi in the offseason to help in the outfield, a proven outfielder with experience. I mean, obviously his value is through the roof because the Yankees really wanted him on their team. They got him from the Royals who weren't going anywhere this season. So Benatendi could be a great option. But what else do the halos need to do moving forward? Well, let's run it back with the infield, right? If we had a healthy Mm. infield, I think that this team looks very different. And Angel fans like you and I have been frustrated with Anthony Rendon. And we actually had an Angel fan reach out to us and say, Rendon sucks. (laughs) You know, I think think everybody kind of feels that. But I, I, I think he sucks in, in our minds because of his health. Like, we haven't seen prime Anthony Rendon, right? We haven't mm-hmm. seen the guy that we actually signed. And I think that we're going to see that guy. And I hate saying this, but I'm going to say it. If he stays healthy. And yeah. if these guys stay healthy, John, I think that this is a team that actually can be really effective in the infield. Fletch, of course, is in the infield. And if he stays healthy, we're already seeing his bat make a difference in mm-hmm. our lineup with a home run a couple of nights ago. And Jared Walsh, again, I think Jared Walsh is just kind of caught up in the minutia of a really crappy team. And yeah. I think that this is one of those seasons where you just got to go, yeah, it was bad. And I'm going to rebound next year. Somebody needs to say, hey, Walsh, here's what you're doing at the plate. Or Walsh, here's the little tweak that you need to make while you're swinging the bat. It feels like right. nobody's talking to him at all. And maybe they are, but it just doesn't seem like anything is changing for him. He's really really pressing. And then there's that question of what do the Angels need to do at shortstop? And of course, Mm -hmm. Louis Renjifo, a new dad, is going to be somebody that might be in the running. But I actually think, Johnny, that Renjifo is going to be somebody that could be a rotating piece as these guys are in the infield. Because I think the Angels need to go and get a shortstop. And two names that you've talked about is Trey Turner and Mm -hmm. Dansby Swanson. Trey Turner is going to be expensive. Swanson, maybe not as expensive. But I think that... Still expensive, but not as much. Right. Those two guys could potentially be on this team next year. I think that they should go and get one of them and slot them in when it comes to playing in our infield. And Turner knows Rendon. They won a World Series together. So maybe that's the most logical choice. But I wouldn't even mind having Dansby Swanson on this team. But I think the Angels have to go and do that, and they have to make that move this offseason. We can't wait. We can't allow somebody like Velasquez to hit anymore. Like, it just... We, we can't do that. It's not possible. And what it does, if you get a Swanson and, and a Trey Turner, is it does give us the depth 
that Perry Manassian said the other day that the Angels desperately, desperately need. Absolutely. You know, one thing that comes to mind for me is what do we do about the back end of the bullpen now that Rysel Iglesias is gone? And I think you have a few options. We saw Jose Quijada close out the first game against the A's, and he's actually been having a terrific season this year and so he's really turned a corner and he you know he's got the hard stuff to be a closer then I think about somebody like Sam Bachman who Mm -hmm. we know has a big arm as well and a lot of people said that he could figure in as a starter down the road but if he could slot in as a closer that is a, a great option and then how about Mr. 105 Ben Joyce who they just drafted yeah could you imagine seeing him at the back end of this bullpen because that's the kind of big arm that most closers are made out of and if he can really get things right he could also be a strong part of the bullpen and possibly a closer I I wonder if the Angels will sit out on a closer free agent next season and spend the rest of 2022 figuring out who could have that role in the future I know it hasn't worked out for us in the past. We saw Mike Myers do it at one point, Hansel Robles, uh, Cam Bedrosian had a few saves, but nobody was ever like the guy. And so I hope that the Angels take the time to find the guy. I think that what we'll find is that depending on how the Angels treat the offseason, that will dictate what they do with the closer role. And perhaps Mm -hmm. Quijada is going to be the closer in the first couple of months. And then suddenly Bachman is going to be up and we'll see Joyce perhaps. And then maybe even a Chris Rodriguez. I know they were talking about stretching him out, but because of his back issues, we may actually see him back in the bullpen. He was a great Mm -hmm. bullpen piece for us when he was healthy, right? And so I think that those three guys could be the three guys we could look at and I think that they're going to give them time to develop a bit which is why you might see a Quijada somebody like that or even maybe a Ryan Tapera if he comes back or an Aaron Loop at the end of the bullpen at the beginning of next year to be able to close out games until these guys are ready I'm actually also thinking about like who are we going to watch right now? And and John, I would love to see Logan come up, the the catcher that we got from the Phillies. I would love to see Kai Kai Bush come up and mm-hmm. and pitch for us. I would even love to see Jordan Adams, which is a name that has kind of been thrown out, but nobody really talks about him. I, I would love to see these guys up in some form or fashion. I'd love to see what they can do, and perhaps when. The rosters expand in September. We'll see some of these guys on the major league roster. But yeah. talking next year, I think Stassi will still be the starter. But I think Ohapi needs to be somebody that perhaps is backing him up or competing for that starting spot. As much as Definitely. Kurt Suzuki has played better this year, I think this is Kurt's last year with us. And we need to move forward with the future of some of those players. But the big question, John, is Shohei Otani. And as you think about Shohei, if we're not contending next season, are they for sure going to trade him if they don't sign him in the offseason? What do you think? I think they have to move him at the deadline at the very latest if they're not contending in 2023 because at that point, you have to get whatever you can from him. And I understand it would be a rental for the other team. And so the, the value diminishes in terms of how much you could get back for him. But I think any team that adds Otani to their roster and they're making a playoff push, Otani's the type to get you not just to the playoffs, 
but to the World Series. Yes. I think that's a World Series move. Yes. And so I think that players, or I should say, I think that teams will be willing to move players that, you know, figure into their future. But if that means that they can win right now, there's a lot of win now teams out there. And adding Otani would certainly make a lot of them win now. Uh, but a package for Otani at that point. I mean, if, if they were to do something at this deadline uh, two days ago, I think that you would net six players for Shohei Otani because just of what we've seen for some of the uh, the moves that have been made, there's been a lot of four-for-one swaps. But with Otani, I think it's it, you've got to add more value, and I think that six players is reasonable. Now, fast-forward a year later in 2023, I think that you get a top prospect and possibly two other pieces or perhaps you get somebody who's MLB ready and already playing. I mean, look at the look at the Dodgers and they just have tremendous depth and they always have players ready and willing to step up. And so I think of of some of their pieces as well, their young their young core that they have on top of their veterans and I could see them wanting an Otani uh, by the deadline next season. So I really hope that we are not out of contention by the middle of 2023. I think the Angels really need to put the pieces in place to be competitive. I think this is uh, no more excuses on Artie Marino's part. I think that we have to go over the luxury tax. I think that we have to go get those players who are going to help us be winners in 2023. <laughs> But Locked On Angels is brought to you by Built Bar. Have you tried the cookie dough chunk puff yet? Oh, yes, sir. I, I know that you have. I know your wife has. My family has. And, and we love it. In fact, right before we went on air and started to record, I had one. And they are delicious. Hey. They're so good. This puff is light. It's got a chewy texture with real cookie dough chunks in it. And, of course, it's covered with 100% real chocolate. All the joys, Johnny, of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making cookie dough <laughs> because it's just a hassle. I don't know how to do it at all. Plus, this is healthy for you, which is great. Only 160 calories. They have a whopping 16 grams of protein, so it does fill you up. You can use it as a snack or maybe even as a substitute for lunch. I know I've done that during the week. I've talked about and complained about how sometimes I skip meals unintentionally because <laughs> I'm in the middle of stuff, right? So right. you can grab a box right now if you'd like at built.com for you and for the family it's a perfect treat or you can hoard them and put them in your hiding place and only right. open them up at like midnight when nobody's watching or <laughs> or put them in your car so nobody can grab them all the bars and the puffs are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits you can eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. You're going to love these new cookie dough chunk puffs. And so whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you just want to grab a quick bite, go to built.com and grab one of these cookie dough chunk puffs right now. And when you do, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off of your order. Again, promo code is LOCKED15. Go to built.com and get a cookie dough chunk puff today. Mike, we had the very sad news two days ago that legendary play-by-play -play announcer Vin Scully, the greatest play-by-play -play voice of all time, passed away 
at 94 years old. Yeah. And while it is sad that we we did lose him, uh, 94 years old is a good life. Yeah. And uh, he's reunited with his sweet wife that he has been missing the last few years. And uh, he has just been such a treasure and a gift to not just baseball, but I think just society in general. He is just such a, a great person. We've seen so many great comments about him, and in particular, how cool it is to have your name read by Vin Scully and talked about. I mean, I saw some clips where he was talking about Mike Trout and Yasiel Puig, and he was a huge fan of Puig. And yeah. Puig actually put out a video uh, the night that Vin passed and just thanked him for giving him his name and his nickname of the wild horse. And just so great to see the love and outpouring for Vin Scully. We heard from Mark Kubiza, uh, Victor Rojas tweeted a fun picture of how anytime Vin came to Angel Stadium, they were always messing around together and and uh, doing silly things together. And just isn't it cool? Like even even in his older age, he just never lost his step. Right. right? He always just seemed to have fun. And he could make anything interesting and captivating, the way he would tell stories or the way that he would just call a ball and a strike in the middle of a story. And there was a great clip going around of like a five-air inning that the Dodgers had back when Mattingly was still on the team. And he even made that calm and collected (laughs) and and interesting, right? And so you you get a lot of high-energy guys these days, and, and I understand why. But Vin just had something that nobody else has, just some great qualities when it comes to Vin Scully. The new play-by-play guy for the Dodgers actually shared a really great story about when he got the job. He ignored Vin Scully's call twice because he didn't recognize the number on his cell phone. And he said the voicemail was great. He said, hi, it's Vin Scully. Looks (laughs) like I missed you twice, so I guess I'm... Oh, for two. Like it just, it was so great. (laughs) And and I love that. So they ended up actually talking and it was such a great story. And so he's, he's legendary. And I'll tell you, like as, as much as we are, are jealous of the Dodgers because we love that they win. We are jealous of Vin Scully and him calling games. I actually, when the angels would play the Dodgers, I would use the Dodger feed uh, mm-hmm. because I would want to hear Vin Scully actually call the game. And I loved it back in the day, early 90s, when it was Vin Scully and Ross Porter, and then they had Don mm-hmm. Drysdale come on. And so they've had some really classic, legendary play callers. And Vin is the one that is like the cream of the crop. He's he's top-notch, and he's terrific. Absolutely. It got you and I thinking, you know, who's who's the – nobody's going to compare to Vin Scully. Right. Who's who's the Vin for the Halos in terms of announcing? I mean, you've been you've watched a lot of Angel games, and so you know you got names like Dick Enberg, of course Victor Rojas. Uh, a lot of people love Physioc and Hudler, uh, Rory Marcus, um, who who was taken too soon, but was just an incredible announcer as well. And then you have those kind of entering that legendary status. I mean, Terry Smith has been doing this. A long, long time, he and he's just a, a solid ra- radio play-by-play guy. Of course, everybody loves Mark Gubiza, in, not just because of how great he is behind the mic, but because of just how great of a human being he is and how great he is to Angel fans, where he's like, yeah, swing by the booth or come under the hats and I'll sign it for you. Yeah. you know? And yeah. he took a picture with me last season. It made my entire month because <laughs> I remember. that was just so awesome. And then, of course, you have Matt Vaskersen, who – 
is on the uh, the part-time role right now, but I think that the Angels are playing the long game with Matty V, and after his contract is over with MLB Network, I could see them making a play to have him be their full-time guy. But Mike, I want to ask you, like, of of Enberg and, and maybe Rojas and Steve Fiziak and Rex Hudler, I know a lot of people love Steven Rex, what what do you think people loved about them the most? I think what people liked about Steven Rex is what Mark Gubaza brings. He he's a fan, and Steven Rex were fans, and they mm-hmm. loved the fans. There's two other names that I actually didn't put on the list that I actually really loved, and that was mm-hmm. Ken Wilson and Ken Brett. They were oh, okay. the the guys that called the Angel Games late 80s and early 90s, and they didn't do it nice. for very long, but they were fans as well. Ken Brett actually is the brother of George Brett, and so oh, he wow. knew baseball, played a little bit of baseball. But when I look at this list, I think what we love about these guys is that they they were people that helped paint a great picture for us. And mm-hmm. the story that I love about Victor Rojas is one that you and I have shared when Pujols hit the grand slam to get, I think it was home run number, was it 600? Yeah. And, and you, you saw the camera in the booth with Victor and Gooby calling that. And Victor yes. stands up and fist pumps. And it was a great call. And then he knew when to lay back and mm-hmm. not speak over the cheering. And I think that that's, that's what we loved about Victor. I think he would be in that legendary status if he was still with us, but mm-hmm. he did make a good move to be with family, and he's down in Texas, right? And I would love for us to continue to see Matt E.V. become more of our guy that calls games. I think you're right. He's going to be lured in eventually. But right <laughs> now, I really like Terry Smith. I think Terry Smith has yeah. got that classic classic radio voice and he's got that classic sound and usually when you hear the angel highlights terry smith and his voice is the one that's overlaid and and i really i really appreciate him he really paints the picture well he gets excited when necessary and then he also is honest when necessary and has some of those vin scully qualities as he calls the game you know something that i appreciated about victor rojas when he was our play-by-play he was always honest about the team, and you could tell that when the team was frustrated, sh- frustrating, he was frustrated. Yes. Right? And I think that he kind of matched the sentiment of what the fans were feeling. But I also, the move that he made prior to 2020, uh, or 2021, I should say, when the GM position was open, I really respected the fact that he took a risk and went out for it and applied for it. And I thought that was a really cool move. And obviously he's with the uh, the Rough Riders, who are a minor league Rangers team in Texas. But it was also, like you mentioned, good for the family. But I, I've got a chance to tell him before that that was really inspiring for me because I love when people just go out and try to get what they what they want in life. And I think Victor did that really well. And now he's the GM for the minor league team, and he's having a good time. He's close to family. But when it comes to his play-by-play, I I just, you know me, I I got in, really got into the Angels around 2008, 2009. I've always been a fan, but I've really paid attention and watched almost every single game since then. So Victor, for me, has been the, the background noise for a lot of my life in terms of having the Angel games on. So shout out to, uh, shout out to Victor Rojas and, uh, 
Maybe he'll be back someday. I don't know. That would be great to see. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast with MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan. He brings humor and passion and his unique perspective on every team and shares some of the biggest stories from around the league. You can follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. are you most interested in watching the rest of the season or who's your favorite broadcaster you can tell us at lockdown angels on twitter or get at us on twitter and instagram at super halo bros be sure you're giving us a follow there mike what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show hey remember earlier this week when we teased hey how can we protect mike trout and then the angels <laughs> traded everybody and we yes. didn't talk about that well we're gonna talk about that on tomorrow's well, we're gonna do it this show time. we're actually gonna do it this time we've got some ideas we've got some suggestions and we're gonna share them tomorrow on lockdown angels sounds like a great conversation we hope you'll join us again for that one until then my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john and we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more locked on angels